This is a HeadGum Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's been a week, hasn't it? It's been a long week for a lot of us. I think a lot of us are thinking about identity right now and finding identity in work or in relationship or even in our own gender sexuality. Is it fluid? Is it fixed? Culture's so confusing with that sort of thing. And right now, we want to pray against the spirit of straightness in each other. Amen. <laughs> Cast it out. Yes, Lord. God, we know that straightness is not of you. People struggle with heterosexual attraction all the time. Bless them. And um, lost in the lifestyle. It's not natural. It's not normal. No. It's for guys and girls to be kissing each other like that. And it hurts them, ultimately. They're not getting the fullness of you (laughs) by practicing a heterosexual lifestyle. No, they're not. They don't experience the fullness of Christ. So we pray against that today. Um, Yeah, God, I'm I'm reflecting on sacrifice tonight. Um, Namely, the sacrifice I made by being here on Met Gala night. (laughs) This comes out in two weeks. (laughs) Not being able to uh, comment throughout the evening. It's painful. It's painful (laughs) to me. It's painful to your spirit. I know your spirit is grieving for me as well. so I pray that you'd ask, uh, I ask that I just would find some humility mm. and also pride in the fact of how well I was sacrificed and showed up here on time, regardless yes, of the fact that Rihanna has not arrived yet. That's beautiful. I won't, I'll, I'll have to look at her look later. Yes, God, we've made a lot of sacrifices and we want to honor Caroline and her sacrifice. We want to honor me and some of the sacrifices I've made by cutting certain food groups out. <laughs> Of my daily bread, if you will, the past couple months. Um, if anyone else feels led to pray right now and lift anything up to the Lord. Man, I wonder who else is here. Uh, I would like to lift up a heart of gratitude mm. for this tiny pup that is lying against me. Oh, producer Dexter. Um, our producer Dexter is currently cuddling up with me, and I'm not sure his intentions, um, but I'm open. Um <laughs> And I want to thank God for that. Thank God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All God's creatures, great and small. You made them all, God. You made them all. I think that's a hymn. Uh, (laughs) And if it's not, Father, thank you for giving me the poetry in this very moment. That was spirit-led. To move in such ways. We lift these things up. We lift up our furry friends. We lift up our Met Gala friends. We lift up our friends in the furry community as well. And even especially our straight friends, we lift them up too. Straight friends need you so much right (laughs) now. And we lift them all up to you, Father. It's for your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. And the tea is like, yuck, hard. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. It's me. I'm a fan of my mom. What's happening to us? Even when the dark comes past, there's something wrong with this beach friend. You have wrinkles. When you're broken on the grass, you have wrinkles. You will be found. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. <laughs> oh, Kevin, you got me. I'm Kevin. Oh, oh gosh. I'm sorry. I got myself with that one. Good grief. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian Fun. That was, of course, um, Ben Platt and the soft sequel to Old, which came out a mere couple months ago. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen, the sequel the is coming out this week uh, as this drops. Just a couple of days uh we will be renting out a theater here in the los angeles uh area for you will be clowned uh dear evan (laughs) enhancing uh experience so i'm so look for that at alamo draft house and some instagram stories of people jumping up and clapping will abound oh boy do you know what that movie do you know what that musical is about do you know the content you know of the story? what's funny is i keep reading the plot synopsis and then nate asked me to describe it to him and for some reason i said yeah it's like this kid in high school and then like 9-11 happens no nope. <laughs> <laughs> definitely did and not I happen i was really sure that's what happened and so then i reread the plot again and it's already gone again i just know it's complicated and there's letters involved. It's complicated. There's letters involved. Any of that doodle thing? Any of that noodle thing left? It's complicated. Oh, excuse me, guys. Consider the source. Uh, there's there's a musical about 9-11 called Come From Away. Yes, I which I saw so in good. London. Did you uh, enjoy that? Nathan. Yeah, we didn't know it was about 9-11 <laughs> when we went to it. <laughs> so it took a long time for it to hit us. And then it hit us in waves. Uh, there was laughter. There was tears. There was joy. Fitting. It was great. It was a really good play, though. And it's currently on Apple TV Plus. Oh, yes, really? That's they, right. They put it's out a stage I'd version it. on Apple TV Plus. Come from away. Oh, sorry. Now, <laughs> when I went into Waitress, uh, when I was last on Broadway, I didn't know that was about 9-11 either. <laughs> but as it turns out. That must have been the oh touring cast. <laughs> yeah. No, they definitely have put a little paprika on those pies in that What's production. What's the point of being a waiter in September at this diner? <laughs> <laughs> September 11th, just a normal... What's that? <laughs> oh, sad. Oh, yeah. Hey, shouts out. Happy 20th anniversary. Uh, GWB, thanks a lot. Press Bush. Happy anniversary. <laughs> sad anniversary. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. mean to diminish. We all had our little reflections and remembrances yeah. the last couple of days. Gosh, I avoided it. It's not fun to remember or think about the day that it happened and then everything that followed after. It's just like, well. Well, my memory is. No positives. Well. <laughs> Well, now I get a, a chance to check my text when I go on a flight uh, waiting in the TSA line. That's a positive, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice thing. Just you a little are space. just the sunny side of life, Kev. I'm Thank a you. bit of an optimist myself. <laughs> uh, oh, gracious. George W. Bush, a man of prayer, man of faith. When do we devote a whole episode to him? Pray for you. Yeah, we should. That would be, that should be a whole topic. That was CCM George W. Bush. <laughs> like George that was, W. Michael W. That was Christian culture. Yes, yes it was. It was absolutely mm-hmm. the Dixie Chicks and everything. By yeah. the way, uh, 
Michael W. Smith just put out a new album that he cut live, that he recorded live, which is his worship album, the one that came. (laughs) No, uh, at George H. W. Bush's funeral, Michael W. Smith did play Friends. It's not. It's not an album. George H. W. Bush's funeral. Michael W. Top of the charts. People like not clapping. Oh, that'd be really funny. That'd be great. No, it's he put on a live album. It's a it's a remake of his worship album from 2001 or 2002. But it's a remake in which instead of band arrangements of all the songs, it's orchestral arrangements. Oh, so it's a string section, no drums. He can't stay away from an orchestra. Cinematic music. He does. Amy Grant sings a song, Mm -hmm. and it's definitely a huge group of people in concert unmasked just vibes being free embracing their freedom freedom (laughs) oh goodness gracious well I want to get our very special guest in here to talk about everything we're talking about friends and folks he has not been on the podcast in a minute but he is a pastor he is an Enneagram coach and he's a dear friend give it the hell up for Darren Darren McKenna McKenna. hello Uh, friends welcome back Thanks for having it's me treat back. Having you. Oh, it is gosh. a treat being here. Sorry, I got sidetracked with 9-11. I didn't say what our topic was today. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're just too grateful to think about such things, you know? No, yeah, thanks. too optimistic. Hey, couldn't, couldn't pray those terrorists away, unfortunately. <laughs> um, pray away. It's the pray away documentary we're talking oh. about. But first, Darren, thanks so much for being back on the show. Thanks for bud. having me, Kevin. Wow. Not Caroline, just me. Yeah, <laughs> no, no specifically. Fine. I was making eye contact with you. Yeah. It was a thing. Also, you, Caroline. I did handpick you for the second service, so oh, well. you can thank That's me true. When, that, when we record that one. I do yeah. appreciate pre- yeah. I'll only thank you for that one. Oh, a little Thanks. teaser for the episode yeah. later this week. Well, how have things changed since we last saw each other? You know, everything is about the exact same as it was two years ago. Nothing really has happened. (laughs) I've been thinking about you because I feel like Enneagram became such a, for those that may not know, Darren McKenna is an Enneagram coach. So someone who is a bit of an expert on the Mm -hmm. field of Enneagram personality types, how they function. like a little bit. That's right. It wasn't a full Mm -hmm. real session, but but you were generous enough to help us out. I remember the moment we had. It was a moment. Yeah, it was good. Kevin got seen. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it. (laughs) But I've been thinking about Enneagram a lot because I feel like it's something that became a little more relevant in my life in the last 18 months. Mm, Why? Do tell. Because I feel like with pandemic, as I'm sure some listeners can attest to, it kind of became a compression machine for a lot of different kinds of relationships. Mm. Wait, so, you mean your personality mm. shows up when you're put under pressure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mr. Skeptic over here. I love this. No. Hey, listen, I'm embracing it. I love TikTok. <laughs> I've always loved TikTok and I've always loved Enneagram. Enneagram is life. <laughs> What's the next thing? What's it going to be next year? I'm like, Ben Platt's great. <laughs> like, what's it going to be? <laughs> James Corden's funny. Yeah, <laughs> I love Josh Gad. <laughs> uh, I, I've been thinking about it and been using Enneagram more, I feel like, in interpersonal cool. conflict resolution. Did you look at that? It's very tool. helpful for that. It is. Yeah. And I say, well, that's a freaking four thing to say, and I dismiss the other person I'm talking to. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly used. Yeah. I try to say, like, especially as as a two, which is the uh, helper personality type, I try to be a little more self-reflective when talking with people about, oh, I think maybe I'm being unhealthy in this way. Does that track at all? Or, like, mm. being able to give people even, like, little potential red flags to look out for, which which is what I would function in 
unhealth your red flags. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I can't imagine COVID and being cooped up alone would do anything to an Enneagram <laughs> too. Isn't that funny? It's Nothing exacerbate. bad, right? They don't have any problems with relationships oh or insecurities there. I know. So. <laughs> well, how did it test you and your personality type? Ooh, well, I went from doing a shit ton of things to just like lying down a lot. And it's mm-hmm. kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Nap down. ministry. Yeah. Nap ministry. Underrated. It kind uh-huh. of got started when I started the uh, COVID bread baking. And I started taking more naps after eating full loaves of bread. Great. Um, and so that, this one kind of went after hand that hand. followed the 50 pounds that I gained in like four months. Nothing wrong with that. Very grateful for every pound. We it love was bread. so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's what we're doing now. But yes, yeah. that was an adjustment. It was an adjustment. Yes. But we've made it through. That's mm-hmm. what I'm just glad. We We made it through. There's still a lot happening. We're not like through the woods. We're but vaccinated. We made it yeah, we love vaccines. Yes. I got vaccinated. I'm a Pfizer boy. Anyone else? I'm a uh, Pfizer girl. I love that. I'm mm-hmm. a Moderna man. Moderna Ooh. man. Which they said Actually. was the most effective against the I know. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, should I get Moderna? I was, feel- <laughs> I was like feeling my oats when I get the Pfizer beginning with Pfizer. Pfizer was on clearance sale when, they, when that news came <laughs> and out. Isn't that funny? <laughs> my poor boyfriend got J&J, oh, which, let's be real. Basic. <laughs> oh. The best vaccine is Bargain the one that's day. in front of you. Yes. yes. So let's any, just say that. Any that's what photographers say. They say the best camera in the world is the one that you have. Wow. That's right. So I guess it's iPhone. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, half yeah. of them. He's got like a Canon, you know, oh, self-developer one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's good. I'm glad. that. Do you still get to lie down on occasion when I you need d- it? I do. Okay, I good. do. Yeah. I was lying down until I came here. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Well, on that said, I wonder, uh, are there any like spiritual practices that you you found or shed during mm. that time in the height of the yeah. bummer. Great 20, question. The 2020 edition of the pandemic. We're in the oh. 2021 edition, right. but in the 2020 That's edition. a good way of putting it yeah. because this, this shit ain't over, but yeah. we are in a Now we're going edition. out with a medium threat of death, <laughs> yeah. not an insane a threat of death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I would say, I, you know, gathering as a church kind of looked different. We mm-hmm. were on Zoom. Um, which really changed my perspective of what church was for. I mean, I hope that happened to everybody who had to like change how they related with church. But like the spiritual practice, what I'm calling of calling my friends and just talking for the sake of talking Mm. actually did so much in like opening up my life and things like that. Mm -hmm. Something I did as a kid, I was that like weird gay that would like call people like, you want to talk with me? And my brother would get on the other line and be like, get off the phone, you're using it. (laughs) And we would do that. Mm -hmm. But I just don't do that anymore. But connection as a spiritual practice, and then we don't do enough of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. even just one-on-one, it doesn't have to be a big whole thing. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. just like, oh, 10 minutes check-in, cool. All right, bye. It's an important practice. That's right. The heyday of premiseless FaceTimes at the beginning of the pandemic (laughs) in March and April was just like, who have I not talked? I'm just scrolling through text (laughs) messages to see when the last positive interaction with the person was. No one was busy. Yeah. Yeah. We can call your shit. If you ignore me, I know. know. Of course, people could abuse in terms of boundaries where it's like, well, what are you doing? Talk to me. Tell me what you're doing right now. It turns out some people did. Okay, so yeah. So, so you- yeah, connecting with people was a really big thing. I think I, I shed a lot of music. And I used to like just like to play specific kinds of music, even just meditative, not necessarily Christian stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't do that. I sit in silence more. Oh, <laughs> really? I've really just become is? a boring person. You're a monk. I'm a monk. You're monk-like. Yeah. I yes. lie down. I don't listen to music. Yes. I stare out the window <laughs> and occasionally pet dogs. That's kind of where I'm at at this point. <laughs> that sounds listen. extremely peaceful to me. It is. That sounds nice. I envy the ability and capacity to sit with silence, which is something obviously in 
different ways we all had to do. But also, I feel like when I'm noticing it in myself, mm-hmm. I'm always feeling the space. My headphones are either on my ears or around my neck mm-hmm. for like a teeny tiny break. So it's very easy to not have a thought born out of silence. A moment with your thoughts. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh-huh. like to, to not have any thought that's not a reaction to something that mm. you're feeding yourself, if that makes sense. Yes. That's right. It's easy to just completely have... Uh, whatever the word is, to live vicariously through the hearts and minds of other people. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. Keep listening to our podcast. <laughs> keep it on. Keep those headphones on. Keep it playing. Um, I'm big on silence in the car because that's where mm. I do my best performances and my best lecture series. That's performances? Where I am. How do you mean, Caroline? Ba, ba, ba. I'm, I'm speaking are you, are to crowds. I'm speaking to, to the children. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just like, it's what? where I like work out, you know, like my grand thesis that I don't share with anybody. It's just like where I'm like, yes, and this is why like dieting is wrong or like whatever. I'm just like going on well, you're on like talking it. to yourself out I'm loud. I'm talking to mean? myself. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I need silence. Oh. And it so is there's out loud. music or if there's something else going on. Yeah, it's out loud. I will say, I do talk to myself out loud too. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> you great. said that. It's a little more awkward if you have a roommate like I do. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I know. Like, well, that, that's why over? the car is the only place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Except I was like walking the streets of Pasadena also talking <laughs> to myself oh, and I rounded a corner and somebody like looked at me and I just stopped. <laughs> like, I'm talking sh- here. It wasn't me. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I had no headphones in either to like pretend I was on a call. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was a yeah, rookie it was, move. It was pretty, you yeah, should be sucked. a you know add that to your self talk regimen. Yeah, <laughs> you not just put your finger to your ear and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So tomorrow oh, works yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, do a run. <laughs> oh, That's she's awesome a normal too. person. Oh, she's doing runs on her walk. <laughs> that that must close. be an actress. <laughs> Does yeah. she have an album? <laughs> Don't. That's what I hope they believe. I, um, yeah. I default to silence in the car when I'm very upset. Oh, yes. sad about yes. something. Yes. If you're upset in the car, you need silence. Mm-hmm. You need to stew. But it would. It feels counterintuitive as a coping mechanism because you would think, thinking about later, it's like, oh, put something on and fill the Mm-mm. the space. But it's not actually what I want for yeah. whatever reason. You need time with it. Yeah. yeah, I just want to simmer for some reason. And that's true. Can I can I enneagram you please, for a quick please, second? Yeah. Yes. So for us enneagram twos and ones, this is a really big problem with twos or mm-hmm. with ones, but also with twos. This reaction formation that you have, we tend to like to. We don't want to present as anything other than helpful or right or right, like doing the right thing. If you're a one or helpful as a two or loving or helpful, so we don't like to show our emotions. So the simmering tends to be because we're choosing not to show emotion that someone else would deem unhelpful, unloving, unwhatever. What about when he's alone, though? What's the simmering for? We, the people we act for the most are ourselves frequently, uh, right? That's, these are our personality patterns. And again, you know, that's, if that sits, let it grab your heart. If it doesn't, swat that shit away. Oh my (laughs) gosh. But yeah, I I do the same thing. I simmer a lot and normally- That sounds good, though. Like, that sounds healthy to me. I mean- Simmering versus take uh, like simmering. just like feeling the feeling and like yeah. thinking about mm-hmm. it, that, even if it's a bad thing. You that's know? good. Yeah, I guess right? the question is instead of just like distracting it away from you or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to like not necessarily like you don't want to ignore it, but you also want to experience like moving through it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, my experience as a two, simmering means just kind of wallowing. Yeah. You know, uh, that in- resonates. Instead of like showing, I don't know, even showing myself that it's okay to be mad. Like, yeah. be mad at someone. Like, to be mad at my boyfriend, 
I had to give myself like actual express permission for that to be like, I am mad at that bitch mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we are, we're going to have to talk about <laughs> this know. and we're going to get through it. But yeah. I need to actually say the words. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I think uh, the part that resonates is when I simmer in a negative emotion, I'm not doing it with the destination of the other side in mind. It's usually oh. just, well, this is how I'm going to feel forever. Yeah, you're it's just in that. the Grand Canyon, just like laying yeah. down, yeah. looking at the sky. And we were talking about that even <laughs> last week in the uh, coping mechanisms where I just have to say to myself, or I don't have to do anything, but I do say to myself, well, this is the thing forever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Whether it's like this version of the pandemic, it's like, well, this is life forever. Or, <laughs> well, I'm going to feel crappy like this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't know why that's mm. that's necessary. That feels satisfying in the moment. But it, it does. does. Yeah. 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 But, I don't get it. There's yeah. much to plumb and discuss there. Maybe that's yeah. the four of me, but Thank I'm you. like indulge. <laughs> that <laughs> like, actually enjoy. is the four of you <laughs> in a lot of ways. You yeah, know? probably. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, those are the waters you swim in. You're like, oh yeah, feelings, give them all. I'll express them when yeah. I feel like it. Twos are like, feelings, I feel them all, but I don't want to express that shit because mm. someone's not going to like me if I do. Mm. Maybe Carol- me. When, <laughs> Caroline, when you explain Enneagram to someone, like, mm. ma- like maybe a new friend who doesn't know... Yes. What it is. Yes. How succinctly are you able to do it? Because I've not been able to oh. recently. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, well, this doesn't happen very often. But if it did, I would say like, oh, it's like a personality category tool for people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's nine types. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And it's ancient. And it's ancient <laughs> wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Richard Rohr <laughs> likes it. You know who that guy is? <laughs> you better. Katy Perry wrote a song about him. <laughs> <laughs> Is it called firework? Yeah, uh, it's firework. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. See, I knew. I knew. <laughs> it's definitely firework. Uh-huh. Katy Perry wrote that song in the spirit. I had. I would have you know. Oh, well, she's, she's got the living listen. in that uh, abbey that the nuns were like, please don't buy from us. Old abbey. <laughs> so she's, she's living like in the old abbey. Feeling it come through her. Yeah, in the old abbey. Uh-huh. Oh man, I listened to an interview with her that Zane Lowe did last year. Uh, when she put out her Joker album. Like, he could have taken some notes from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm literally taking notes from him. You know, Kevin interviewed Katy Perry like as a child. <laughs> no, shut the front <laughs> When door. she was Katie Hudson, yeah. he went to one of her concerts where she was doing gospel music. I was 12. And he came up to her with this little tape recorder. It was like, oh, Katy Perry, uh, explain to me. <laughs> like, yeah, oh my you God. need to make your music. My questions weren't primo, I'll say. <laughs> we were like nine. I wasn't exactly it's Dick Cavett in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> what was, episode was it that we played that audio if it was, people wanted to listen to it. I think it was one of our first ones with Nate Dern, the Jars of Clay episode, because oh, okay. we talked about Katy Perry the first episode of the podcast. We did, yes. 197 episodes ago. Oof. Damn, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I, I mentioned that that existed, and then my friend got in touch with me, and he yes. said, oh, I still have the audio, and then we played on episode Amazing. four or five or whatever yes. it is. So go yeah. check that out. It's adorable. So it's there. Anyway, so you were listening to this, this clown interview her. <laughs> In your shadow. Yeah, for her joke round. <laughs> uh, no, he, no, I was just going to say Zane Lowe is very good at framing very famous people generously and well. Uh, like, not only are his questions like, it's not even like, and that's why you're a genius or something like that, but mm-hmm. he's able to just really give them set them up to sound good. A helpful framework mm-hmm. that they sound maybe 12 times smarter than they actually right, are. Right, yeah. Like, and he, he'll get like a good, rich interview subject, like, um, I don't know, like uh, someone like a like the Dixie Chicks or Jack Antonoff. That's easy to talk to. And then he had one with Barbara Streisand a couple of weeks ago, where he was just kind of 
holding on, but still doing it really well because obviously Ooh. she's probably, there's probably just a lot going on there. That's not even beyond it's because so much of it was her just being like, I don't like going out. I don't like going out and doing things. I, yeah. don't, I like staying in. Yeah. It's just a lot yeah. of her uh, retreating inwards. And the way Katy Perry in the interview he did with her was uh, describing her on spirituality. He was so good at be, like she would have maybe a quarter of a thought, and then he'd be like, "Yeah, and that's why he would like feel so in the important. whole framework." And then she'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> but he does it so, so intuitively. Nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's the Love kind that. of conversationalist you always want to be, where you feel like you're building up the person that you're talking to, and not like, and if you're challenging them, it's so they can like build their idea out. Further or to be greater. Such a two. Only a two what? could make <laughs> a conversation oh about no. someone else. <laughs> and that's actually what conversation is for. Is for you. <laughs> this is not for me. But I mean, it's true. Just I, in, the, in, the, in the interview space, yeah, you gotta. Yeah. If you want mm-hmm. them to come back, <laughs> you have to make them feel yeah. good. You're completely yeah. right. That was just low hanging fruit. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> and that's why when Caroline and I got on the Zoom and asked Amy Grant. You're cool. Do you like music? That's an example <laughs> of intuitive, helpful question. Have you cooked um, from this cookbook? Well, I have. Anyway. Uh, gosh. <laughs> Do you like pancakes? Uh, we prepared for that, too. You know? She's coming that- to our town, you know, in a couple oh, yeah. weeks. I know. We have it on my calendar. Yeah. I'll be in town. That's your birthday it. week, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And succession week. There's birthday. a lot going on. Oh, oh a lot succession. going on. <laughs> I just watched the first two seasons of Succession. You just did? Like two weeks ago. Aren't you, mm-hmm. good? Aren't you happy you ha- watched I it? I am very happy and I'm very on edge. Yes. Yes. October 17th, waiting for you. What's Kendall Roy's Enneagram? Ooh, this is a good question. Oh, shit. Uh, he is uh, likely. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, okay, he bro. A, he's kind of a three. I, I'm thinking a he's a. I'm thinking he's a three. That's okay. my first guess. Did you say a cheeser? Achiever. Oh, achiever. Also that. <laughs> Three's a cheeser. Four's a squeezer. <laughs> and five, motherfucking pleaser. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'm a five. <laughs> yeah. He actually might be a six. Well, then I'm thinking. Remind me what six is. That's true. Need for uh, security. So, like the loyalist. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. which, yeah, yeah, there's something in there connected to the. And they also rebel against authority. That's right. They have a they have a very unique. They either like a hot or cold with Mm -hmm. authority, which Mm. Katy Perry taught us about being hot and cold. Yeah, in her song song, last Friday night. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, we need to talk about this documentary. So, Darren, it was really good catching up with you, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. 
Bite Clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. Pray Away. Pray Away is a documentary that came out earlier this year on Netflix, uh, directed by a woman named Christine Stolakis, I want to say, is how you pronounce her name. And it's essentially a documentary about kind of chronicling ex-leaders, participants, survivors of conversion therapy, quote-unquote, in the movement to uh, convert queer people into heterosexual people, as led by churches and different organizations are church-associated, like Exodus or Love One Out. <laughs> you just you just we, said a bunch of conferences that I went to. No! <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Well, every night you got to love one out. <laughs> it's truly. So John Polk, one of the main guys in this documentary. Who is now like a uh, like a he's Openly free he's man. peaceful yes. right now he's at peace <laughs> he's, he's, free. he's, he's peaceful. peaceful you didn't feel like he died <laughs> he found his he's final rest peace. he has disappeared into the ether <laughs> no but he was he was at one point the most famous quote yeah. unquote ex gay person in America him and his wife who also identified as an ex gay person they got married they had children together. Then he was caught at a gay bar or photographed there in the year 2000. And then weren't we all eventually, yeah, <laughs> weren't we all? Uh, I'd be, I would kill to we be were photographed all using at a gay bar. using the bathroom at a gay bar back in the day. <laughs> but now he's, uh, he's got a little catering business up in Portland, Oregon, and he's just living his life with uh, his male partner. But yes, he founded the ministry Love One Out. Which is spelled okay? It's a homonym issue, guys. I know it is. it's a homonym issue. What a treat! What a delight! Because what a nice love slip. W O N out. So it's like whatever the other competing energy did not win. Love one out, but it's just bro. You you love one out. Hey, you know when you're I love, stressed out, love one out. I love the pandemic. <laughs> What yeah, did you do stressed. over COVID? I love one out. <laughs> love one out. Well, for me, love one out. I, I uh, think we've huge. mentioned this on the show before, but there was a Joel Osteen tweet from like oh, yeah. eight years ago. And I'm sure he's not uh, running his own Twitter account, obviously, but it's still funny that it appeared next to his image and avatar. And the tweet is, a true friend walks in when everybody else walks out. A true friend doesn't rub it in when you make a mistake. They rub it out. <laughs> That is epic and on par with the John Piper sit on devil sit sit on your face. Every morning I wake up with the devil Devil sitting sitting on on my face. face. The devil's just squirming and squeezing my little nose with his butt cheeks. Squishing my face. John the Diaper Piper. Uh, Yeah, I want to hear your experience uh, generally with these sorts of ministries as someone who grew up uh, who was queer, but maybe not fully out, and then. Had to contend with that. Uh, remind me again of the timeline, yeah, yeah, too, yeah. of your identity. Um, let's see. There's always the long and the short version. We'll give the short version because we're talking about a documentary that's really important. Um, but I I essentially started doing, like, ex-gayish kind of things in college. And so, like, in high school, I was really struggling with sexuality. 
in Wilburn, Georgia, small town. Mm. Um, so, you know, just you don't know what to do with these things. And were you aware there were like ex-gay ministries in no, high school at all? You know, I had heard, I heard tell. I don't like using the word ministries, by yeah, the way. I, should, I, I don't want to say we'll that. We'll caveat. We're probably going to say... ministries. <laughs> we're going to say a lot of problematic yeah. frameworks, but yeah. that's because we're talking about the way that... Using their language. We're using a yes. lot of language that it's... And some people still use this stuff. So I know. We just have to like recognize it is what it is. So trigger warning mm-hmm. for you queers out there like Definitely. me. Definitely, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I, I heard about them... But the only one I had heard about, there was apparently a live-in program in Atlanta mm. where it was like, you go live with this couple and apparently with they make couple? you straight. I think so. Oh, I don't, I, what's just, I did not pursue that option for my life. <laughs> so I don't it's, know it's, what it was like. It's Mads Mikkelsen and Tilda Swinton from that tweet. <laughs> You're like, the European yeah, couple awesome. where it's like, shit, maybe. <laughs> um, and then in college, I discovered, what's crazy about this documentary is I discovered uh, an online forum for people who are struggling with same-sex attraction, run by uh, Living Hope Ministries with the re- leader, Ricky Shillette, who is featured in this with documentary. Yeah. Ugh. So they're in Texas. I actually went out to Texas to like hang out with them and go to their retreats. Oh my god! That's how I got to meet Julie, who is one of the subjects of the documentary. Julie Rogers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And okay. I went to an Exodus conference with them. Stayed with Ricky at his oh. house. He and his wife like Darren. made me breakfast, that kind of stuff. I had no a couple idea times. you had this many touch points with yeah, this stuff. This, oh my God. Yeah, tons of touch points. Holy shit. I think I brought my friends to a Love One Out conference uh, in like <laughs> in <laughs> Alabama. Uh, in, was that by the Friends Love and One Out together? Yeah, you know? Come on. It was like late college, I guess. Wow. Somewhere around there. And then I'm trying to think, there was, oh, and Ricky's church actually had someone move to Atlanta and they were starting their own Living Hope Ministries in Atlanta. Oh my God. And so I actually kind of helped start this little small group for them. Gosh. And then eventually, what's so, so interesting about my story, so I have all this. I did the ret- I went to like a retreat, a couple conferences. You part stayed of this with online Ricky, forum. you said, like at his house? Yeah, at least two or three times. Oh yeah. my God. Um, what was that like? Just really sweet. Was, yeah, nice was, guy. Yeah, nice guy. <laughs> I I vividly remember the brand muffin his wife made. <laughs> wow, that Do, checks out. Or like a carrot or brand muffin or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it does. Um, <laughs> the least gay muffin you can have. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. as far as muffins go, a yeah. brand Real muffin. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, fiber. So we'll just leave it there. We'll let those who know. Well, okay. Yeah. Thank God. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, you think they're trying to sabotage you? <laughs> but anyway. Wow. Uh, so I, I mean, I entered this. This was just college for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of college, honestly, I was like. This is all kind of weird. Like it was just as simple just as a this switch for me. Flip for you. It was like, like uh, these pe- like even if I think that like maybe God doesn't love gay people, like focusing my life on it like this and orienting everything around becoming something else is like it's it's some weird shit. And so I literally just stopped going to stuff. And up just, until that point, did you think like this is did it did you find comfort in it or like community or was it just uh, like I will say bad? this <laughs> the first time I met a lot of these people at this Living Hope Ministry, including Julie, was at Exodus Conference and actually at the one that I think you see Julie speaking at in this Whoa. video. I was at that conference in like two thousand nine ish, ten, I don't years, whatever. Um, but I met people there and it was the first time I felt like I could be visibly queer. Mm-hmm. and feel ah, safe and yeah. loved and accepted. 
So like, isn't that a mind fuck? <laughs> it is a mind fuck. Because <laughs> truly, I have a lot of baggage from you know ex-gay, not conversion therapy. I'll I'll make that distinction for mm-hmm. me. Ex-gay experiences, not conversion therapy. Um, a lot of baggage and frameworks, but it was really the frameworks that I were already I was already carrying from childhood mm-hmm. for how to understand sexuality and myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being in ex-gay ministries was actually kind of my toe in to realizing like, oh, there's a lot more to being gay than like who I want to like have sex with or who I want to kiss. Yeah. Right. There's this whole culture like, oh, these these guys like Broadway too. This is fun. Yeah. I was the, <laughs> I say, I like, was the weird so one. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like the, maybe the first time you're in like a group of queer people and everyone knows Literally. we're queer because that's why we came it to this whole weekend. the you first know? and only time that it happened in my wow. entire life. Wow. And so, you know, I, again, I can also point out the trauma, but yeah. it was one of those that it was, it, it was just like affirming like, oh, I'm not alone. And that's what's really attractive about these is yes. because so many people feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And so when you have the opportunity to not worry about how you're presenting or, you know, you have to worry a little bit because you can't be too risque because, you know, too much skin is not okay. Right. Um, well, then also they're trying to like shame that presentation yeah. out of you too and like force yeah. you to play football it, and stuff. You know, it like depends that, yeah. on the ministry you're part of. Some, some of, them, of them didn't catch Yeah, some of them us. didn't do as much of like the – yeah, you need to like go play football and you'll Wear be good to go. And, or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. some. Uh, I bet all of them dabbled at some point, but like some places were like, it's it's fine. Just like don't quote unquote act out. Yeah, that was that was the act language. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the the space that I was in, or like the ministry like bubble I was in. And and you had the foresight even and like toward the end of that to be like, this is weird to make this the centerpiece of my entire spiritual life when Exa- it's very that was much exactly not. it. I, yeah. And I was like getting really involved in my church. I'm like, God, there's an entire other world. Like, mm. just like, let's just not worry about this. Like if God wants to do, my literal thought leaving this as a really good Christian boy is if God wants to change this, it's not going to be because I try hard. Wow. That was. I'm so glad you I realized too. that at the time. That probably saved you a ton of time. Probably did. Campaign. So it was probably yeah. like a four-year stint-ish with Whoa. ministries like this, which, yeah. you know, isn't like a short time, but it's also some people grow up in this stuff and yeah. are like reinforced for years and mm-hmm. years and years. Oh, gosh. Years. Even Julie, I was thinking about it. Like, that was just like her whole world for years that, And that was like life. really her whole world. It was really her whole world. She actually like was in the live-in program in Texas. Yes, and yes. I remember when she entered that and, you know, they were literally grooming her for yeah, to be… To be this poster child yeah. as like someone who got, you know, fixed or something. Well, the, just the crazy. movement is predicated in the same way conservative movements are so desperately seeking Candace Owens types mm-hmm. in their media… In the same way the ex-gay movement or whatever. Right. I, don't, I don't even know like, what to call it. Like Milo, whatever. His uh, yeah, Yamanopoulos. Yeah, I could never yeah. say it right. He's another. And he actually is recently like said he's ex-gay, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. did. Like oh, that. He made damn. that change. Like I'm an out, proud, gay, Republican, oh very God. conservative. And then like within the last, since COVID sometime, he was Whoa. like, actually, I'm not gay anymore. Oh, oh thoughts man. and prayers. That also, uh, I went... <laughs> to a like conservative think tank weekend as a sophomore in high school. Well, I don't know about that. What, what, what did you do? I feel like I've talked about this before. You have? Yeah, it was held at Westmont in Santa Barbara, which is a Christian college, okay. and it was hosted by the Young Americans Foundation. Really, really awesome, cool group. <laughs> 
Yeah, we went to the Reagan Ranch. We visited, and it was like hollowed ground. We were like, oh my god. Um, anyway, but at that at that weekend, they had a woman who her name was Tammy Bruce, and she was a lesbian gun carrying Republican, and she used to be a liberal. Same. Yeah, I shot the gay. I was like, her whole thing was like, yeah, I love guns, and I was like. This is so special. <laughs> and um, anyway, she was like another one of those people that they love to like prop out. You know, it's like, see, like, look, we're actually really open-minded <laughs> to have these people here or like it's true or something. My I need God. to look her up. I wonder if she's still part of that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the big, I would say the big superstar of the movement right now it's a woman named Jackie Hill Perry. Or Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if yes. listeners are familiar with her or if y'all, I'm, you, it sounds like you're familiar she's in, with her. She's in Atlanta, Atlanta, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she's someone who wrote, I believe, a book called uh, Good Girl, Greater God or like uh, a no, good girl, gay, girl, gay God. Gay girl, gay girl good, good God. God. <laughs> gay girl, good God. Girl, go gay your God. <laughs> <laughs> good grief. Get gravy. <laughs> Oh no! And she's a she's a black woman who is now married to a man and has children, and and often in, including this film, uh, she spoke out against this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's definitely other people in in the movement that uh, one of whom I texted you about, Darren, earlier today, yeah. uh, which I might have a personal connection with, so I don't want to give him too much shine. <laughs> uh, but the whole premise of the criticisms against this documentary with those sorts of types and people in Christian media. They're like, hey, we're not barbarians, basically, and and kind of defending the practice of therapy techniques is the distinction between conversion therapy and reparative therapy. I think if I'm understanding it correctly. Or or just like a therapy that is about it's not about heterosexuality, it's about holy sexuality Ugh. as they frame it, which is the idea of like not overly identifying with your sexuality or what, who you're attracted to as your identity. Because straight people don't do that, so why do queer people <laughs> do that? And the idea is essentially, um, which which this film doesn't really address, because who cares, in my opinion, but but the, the most popular idea of this now, I think with people that aren't like insane, backwards, radical, whatever, but people who still kind of look and can talk like normal people is celibacy. So it's essentially not like you're going to be straight and instead of your dick going this way, it's going to go yeah, this way. They realize it's like, not just that's like, not working anymore as a thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll say celibacy is a way for wholeness and like holiness mm-hmm, yeah. in God. Yeah. That's right. And including most of the like, you know, fun, progressive seeming churches that are not actually like that. Mm-hmm. That'll be ultimately <laughs> what you find out like when you barrel down in the, in the corner of it. Yeah. Which sucks. So the language is always going to change with each successive generation because some of what they were saying is so profoundly linked to experiences that I had in the church that we used to attend, Caroline, and uh, a lot of men I knew who were in reparative therapy. And it was linked to, I mean, they had an outline of it. And uh, one of the figures that they highlighted is uh, a guy named Joseph Nicolosi, who's a psychologist specializing. I read his book in... (laughs) Early college. And it's a very high-level book, and was it's it, horrible. It's like the oh, Da Vinci no. Code of X Games. It's just a page <laughs> exactly what it works. is. <laughs> oh, my God. And the the church uh, that we used to go to, when they would refer people to counseling for that issue, would refer them to uh, a therapist who was uh, a mentee 
of Nicolosi and no. someone who was like very close to him and, and was very close to him until his death four years ago in 2017. Uh, when Oof. Nicolosi passed away. And I think his son is is doing similar work uh, in the field. And and Rest so in hell. well <laughs> <laughs> and and the whole idea is um this really like harmful uh, just like causality of there's some sort of trauma, there's some sort of like whether it be uh, like literal abuse or the one that's a little more amorphous, so it's easier to pitch, is like, maybe your relationship with your same-sex parent is weird. So if you're a woman, if you identify as a woman, maybe your relationship with your mom is weird. Or if you're a guy, maybe your relationship with your dad is weird. Which it's like, hey, you know what? For the baby boomer generation of fathers, most of our relationships are weird <laughs> with our dad. Straight yeah, or queer. So that pretty so. much always tracks. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a safe bet. So they don't highlight, yeah, the celibacy angle in this documentary. That's right. As much, but what they do is talk mostly. It's primarily focused on the Exodus International Organization, which is now defunct because most of the people at the top were like, "Uh, what if this sucks? Actually, and doesn't work." <laughs> and I think there were also like financial uh, complications as well. It wasn't just a crisis of conscience. One of the most interesting things I think the documentary does, though, is that it does follow. In addition to all these figures, it introduces you, which by the way, before we even get into it, I would recommend people watch it if you can, if you can like bear to watch it. Cause again, like, like Darren said with the trigger warning, maybe it's just like too tough because some of the stuff is just like really insane language and kind of harmful if you're not uh, quite ready for it. And especially people like Julie Rogers talking about self-harm stuff that mm -hmm. a lot of this language drew her to. And obviously people talking about suicide and and other things like that in the documentary. One of the more interesting figures that the documentary follows is a guy named Jeffrey McCall, who's formerly a transgender person and pretty much the only person that uh, is sat down and interviewed with or that would agree to be interviewed, according to the director, because I think they tried to they tried to interview Shalette, uh, your boy, yeah. your your boy former Ricky. landlord, yeah, <laughs> our boy Ricky, and uh, and he declined, as did Ann Polk, who is um, John Polk's ex wife, and they both declined to be. But Jeffrey McCall is former transgender person who uh, he used to identify as a woman, now he identifies as a man, and now he's a, essentially like a street evangelist, and will just uh, stand outside of grocery stores and ask people if he can pray with them, and he's the only one. He's the only figure that they follow that the the director had any sort of relationship with that would still identify as like ex-gay is good, uh, reparative therapy is good, yeah. the glory Although of God. He is, never said that, did he? Or like talk about that aspect of it? Well, he didn't talk about therapy. No, I don't no. think he's a product of, yeah. So actually correction, he's, he's not a product of reparative therapy, but I think he's someone who's supposed to stand as like yes. this slight opposing perspective of, as some people are Happy question mark uh, yeah. in this Darren, in this how did state. you read him and how do you talk about him, you know? Um, I think for also just because these things stick out to me, I think he describes himself as a former transsexual, oh, which I know okay. can actually even be like is an outdated term. But I, I even think that just adds color to yeah, the conversation the about, about yeah. uh, where he is and understanding of what transgenderism is and like how transgender people experience gender expression and fluidity. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's also from Georgia. All good things come from Georgia, they friends. Do. Like myself. <laughs> Some okay. in those peaches. Um, <laughs> Some in the peaches. Uh, <laughs> Mama's cobbler. Call me by your name. Something in the peaches. <laughs> there is, it yeah. it yeah. tracks. Um, 
I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know Jeffrey, but I know Jeffrey and I know people still in that kind of, what's funny is I was just tempted to say people in that lifestyle, which yeah, is a hilarious like, turn terms. right now. Yes, yeah. and I'm like, God, what's happening? But uh-huh. you know, I'll deal with that in therapy later. <laughs> but um, like, I, I know those people. And actually later on, you see Jeffrey like leading the uh, Freedom March in Washington. And you see like a room of people. And there's a couple people in that room that went to my old church back in Atlanta, at Whoa. least a little bit. And used to oh, tell wow. me their stories and are doing similar things as Jeffrey as okay. far as like, Street evangelism, praying, lobbying, legislating, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I look at it, I experience sadness. And then at the same time, I'm trying to figure out how do I hold. So much of this is about learning how to self-identify and help people where they are. And so I, I really hold that tension because I recognize his kind of framework for life has been obviously harmful to broad swaths of people, not even a person like his framework of how he understands himself. Um, and I would believe, and I you know, I just also understand I don't have a right to say this, having never talked to him, that mm-hmm. it's also harmful to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some sense of like, he's going to do what he's going to do, you know? And yeah. trying to figure out how do we continue to tell better stories and help people have better frameworks uh, around sexuality, around spirituality, around God, where they're able to kind of make connect the dots themselves, right? Mm-hmm. If I can tell a really good story about who God is and what sexuality is and what gender is and what it isn't, and I can uh, help people understand how big all of these concepts are, uh, these very narrow understandings of all of them kind of start to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I I do feel a lot of sadness. And honestly, like I, I spent the entire first four minutes of this documentary cringing as he's like, praying and he's like, I'm, I'm a former woman. I lived as a woman and yeah. I did this and I did this. And it, like, it's honestly like painful for me to watch. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, of every, that's for me, the worst part of the documentary is yeah. watching that because mm-hmm. I also could have been that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's been the most humbling part of this conversation is recognizing I could also have been that, had different circumstances, different frameworks if I thought a little different, had a different yeah. pastor, had a different parent, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a just a humbling experience for me to take a step back and be like, all right, so how do I focus on building up better structures and reducing harm that people experience from that kind of framework? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I I think about it. And maybe that's a pastoral yeah. response. I don't no, know. No, it was just helpful because I feel the same cringing when I'm watching him and I want to like disagree with everything and like say this is like wrong, you know, and the stuff. But at the same time, like I do have to respect his choice and like his prerogative, you know, while also understanding that like he is in a culture that is enabling harmful views. Yep. And so if he was maybe plucked into a different context, I would love to see what he would believe after all that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a, a thing I noticed as a pattern with a lot of these people that also breaks my heart is I think they sometimes assume or uh, conflate like the old quote unquote lifestyle they had of being part of that with like substance abuse and um, probably a lot of like harm to them bodily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's a really easy thing to be like, now that I'm not a part of that lifestyle, look oh, yeah. how God has like cleaned up my life. 
And it's like, no, you also just had a lot of other shit going on, you <laughs> know? Right. And that's not the same as your sexual identity. And so I, I, my heart breaks on that level too. Yeah. For And I think that was part of his story too. He's talking about how there was prostitution and all that stuff going on. And that doesn't have to be harmful, but like right. you could tell for him that was a harmful time in his life. That's right. And is now associated with being a woman and that identity yeah, issue. Right. Yeah. And so that's the other thing too. I was like, man, I would if he had also maybe just like had a helpful way to get out of addiction that didn't involve like, you know, undoing his whole sexuality and, right. and everything too. I would love to know how he would feel mm-hmm. or if that would still be the same story. And the other thing that I appreciate you mentioning and talking about is um, recognizing like yourself in some of these people and in those patterns that you also had and, and the very sincere belief that I think a lot of people of these people, the ones who participated and were the poster children and the speakers and the lobbyists for the ex-gay movement, I have a hard time not feeling a lot of anger toward them and a lot of like hatred, honestly, and disgust because they cashed in on that, you know, and they were like very much promoting something very harmful and that we're still like dealing with the repercussions of, but they also have disavowed it. And they also, Kevin says this often, like they are also a victim of their own situation as well, you know? And so I can't totally hold them responsible, but I also do, you know what I mean? And I, 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 this documentary, I appreciated the things they said, but I, in some ways I was like, I you haven't done enough for me yet, you know? Ooh, and I don't know if yeah. I'm, I'm ever the person who determined if they've done enough or whatever, right. but but also, and then the other part of me is like, and I see the deep agony they feel. And that guy talking about the blood that he has on his hands. They and he's like, and I can't look at, look at my hands. hands. It's like, mm. I wouldn't want anyone to have to live with that either. Yeah. So well, and lots of complex feelings, you know, that I'm sure you understand. Tons. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I feel that too. Like I spoke at a crew campus formerly known as campus crusade for christ men's breakout in front of like a thousand guys about my testimony in college and then had i mean was literally i just had like youth leaders just or college leaders just texting me like hey can i give your number to Mm -hmm. this person or this person Mm -hmm. and and i just met with guy after guy who quote unquote struggle with same-sex attraction and some of them like at the time they were telling me that they were experiencing like depressive, maybe self-harm, maybe kind of very dark thoughts. And hearing my testimony made them feel seen and it mm. saved them. Mm. I like I heard that story those Whoa. days, right? Yeah. And so I have that. And then some of those people, like, and we talked and I talked about all these ex-gay ministries and got them involved. And this is just a handful, but, you know, they, and some of them are still in that stream of things mm. right now. And mm. I'm like, what what do I do with that? I don't know. I'm like, oh at some point, I also know that I was a blip on the radar in their lives. And this is what I've, the work I've had to do. Yeah. And that I played a role. Um, I've also played a different role by advocating very differently. Yeah. <laughs> you follow me anywhere. I'm gay as hell, right? right? And and I've had conversations around that. And I work with churches that are on that journey. I've done worked with several churches who are trying to figure out with their staff, at least, whether secretly or in public, what mm-hmm. to do with queer people in mm-hmm. their congregations. And so, and like, maybe I feel some responsibility to do that. Maybe it's something I just feel like naturally I want to do because of my experiences. Yeah. But I like, 
I recognize, again, that could have been me to that extent if I really wanted that. And uh, I'm very glad it wasn't. And I still feel, and I still see, even on my timeline, some of those people on Facebook. Mm. And I'm like, and, you know, really going against what they say, the grain of culture and holding firm to their beliefs about celibacy or whatever. And I have to figure out what to do with that myself, you know? Yeah, man. Um, And this is where you have to do a lot of work around recognizing we all do harm. Yeah. Harm is the only, one of the only inevitable things in the world in every relationship and learning how to hold that. And that's really hard for twos. That's, that was like when I realized that it's going to have, I'm going to have to hurt people in order and then we can repair, right? You know, we don't end with harm, but we just recognize that's a part of it. And then we repair and we move forward into reconciliation, all that kind of stuff. Um, I've had to do a lot of work around that because of these conversations. Yeah. And I, I look at these people and where I have a lot of anger and a lot of sadness at these leaders, it's not the dominant emotion towards them. I just look and I honestly just feel hopeless because it was an entire cultural, sociological worldview around them that came together to form this person in this time, in that time that did those things. Because I recognize so how much of my own baggage just came from how I grew up, right? I didn't. Right. And like, it, they it, weren't it, teaching about the gays oh, from the pulpit at my church growing hugely up. Hugely homophobic for how many centuries, you know? Right, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's, it, it's hard. You can't not blame now. that. <laughs> yeah. Just and now we're free. And yeah, um, now homophobia doesn't exist. <laughs> but yeah, oh gosh, I I feel that, and I I. And my hands aren't clean either, too, of course. And there were so many uh, people that I, and younger girls in college especially, too, that I was counseling, you know, and things that now I'm like, that was harmful. And, uh, you know, and I was harming myself as well. And and that's how all these people are, too. So I guess I I feel the anger and then it comes, it goes, and I feel the sympathy as yeah. well. And, and the empathy of knowing that I was in similar situations often and got to give them props. You know, they showed up for this documentary. Yeah. They had to own it. They had to talk about it. A lot of and these people have done I'm some sure incredible work since really, then. really bad. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't think they talk a ton about what they've done since, but yeah. And I, yeah, I, I will say, I think there is a distinction between kind of the cynicism that leads, say for instance, ex Trump staffers to be like, actually that was really bad. Here's my book about how bad it was. Please buy it for Mm. my quarter million book advance. And then these people and leaders uh, in what was their community, like fucking off to Oregon and like working in catering in the sense that they're not Josh Harrison it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not like, Oh, sorry for the harm. I have a course on how to forgive yourself for the harm. Yeah. And it's through me and I will teach you. Yeah. Yeah. So it is different. Yeah. And I do, but, but I think it's a, a strength and testament of the filmmaking in the documentary that it does leave you and us with these sort of complicated feelings. It does include figures like Jeffrey McCall and it isn't, a clean, like there's, there's moments of hope and it ends with Julie's wedding, which is, I, I think a very hopeful image to, to end on, I think. And, uh, there, there are reasons to be optimistic, but it isn't clean in the way that you want it to be because reparative therapy, SSA stuff, whatever you want to call it, isn't dead, but it's not thriving either right now. It's not like the predominant. And it feels like there's even been a heightened awareness culturally. And maybe that's just like, 
elitist media shit. But but the idea of like the miseducation of Cameron Post, the book in the movie, Boy Erase, the book in the movie. There's literally like major works that you can point to, fictionalized of things that were just whispered about for decades and mm-hmm. decades and That's decades. Right. Yeah. And that is different in 2021 than it was even in 2011 or in 2008 with the heyday of Prop 8. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what my feelings were about Prop 8 right oh now, but probably not good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was weird seeing that because I, I was going to a Christian school in Murrieta at the time, like here in Southern California, and I really vividly remember people with their Prop 8 posters like on the intersection going into school like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I was into it, you know, and yeah. like was probably like, yay, right. keep it up, guys, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I think I, I maybe I'm not being very generous to myself. I think I felt conflicted about it even at the time, but still. Yeah. But I mean, I would yeah. say there is. We are in a very different place, and I'm very glad for where we are. And like, ultimately, we're in a better place than we were. I also know because we're in a better place, a lot of people like to dig in their heels. So where this kind of ideology is. This is actually a little bit deeper, and a lot of people are really pressing into it. Yeah, where it is, I There's would always say a backlash with progress. Exactly, and the That's, backlash is a lot stronger. Sometimes. Exactly, yes. and I think it's a smaller footprint now. Yeah, which is which I'm grateful for. I think that's objectively true. Um, but you know, we saw even in the last few years, like Bethel has been really promoting their changed movement. Oh, I like, don't know about this. Oh, oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, does Sean fucked uh, sing about it at his uh, <laughs> super spreader rallies? probably did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but they have a whole, like, they started this whole campaign at Bethel. They were actually uh, lobbying against uh, some recent legislation in California that was going to ban reparative therapy and conversion therapy because they were saying that it means that they could eventually ban the Bible. You know, the nice little slippery slope argument. Oh, my God. This is like two or three years ago. But, but the precedent for that doesn't, affect religious institutions as I understand it. It no. would just be for it was it was nothing. But then they started this whole campaign on it. Well I and that's think how Prop Chris, 8 worked too. Yeah. It was like, oh well then you could marry your dog. So yeah. we don't want that, right? Well that you wouldn't know? be so bad. I mean yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> what about non-sexualizing Dexter, Kevin? Well no, it would <laughs> you be you can do it. No 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 <laughs> oh, that's not sexualizing. Marriage. Yeah. It would be like a it would be an I love Lucy You're marriage. Right, that's Separate so bags. <laughs> holding our hand and paw. That's a lot healthier. Never mind. <laughs> Oh my god! Just kidding. He's my best buddy and my son. He's not my. He's not my um, spouse. That's crazy. Bethel sucks. Yeah, they, I mean, and they they really are digging into this. They had their own yeah. statement. Well, then it, it it's the like the baker thing and all yeah. that stuff too. People it's, trying to say like, oh, they're trying to repress our so religious for, freedom. As much as the footprint has, uh, I would say, shrunk, it's dug in a little bit. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would say that's where we are, and I mean, that's I think that's how progress goes. Yeah, you know, I want to read an excerpt from. You know what? I'm not going to name the publication or the author, but let's just say this is uh, not pro the documentary. But usually with some of this stuff that we talk about on the show, whenever there's a counter to it or whatever the theological concern is or the stuff that's easy to clown on, whenever I hear or read rebuttals of it, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I get it. And if I believe that, that would feel rational to me. I don't feel that way about this one. <laughs> This is just a little, little rebuttal for our our eyes and ears. Netflix's latest documentary, Pray Away, is about the reparative therapy organization Exodus International, is yet another thinly veiled attack on Christianity by Hollywood. Wow. It's not surprising that Netflix would seize upon a false gospel to surreptitiously 
proffer a hit piece on Christianity in a lopsided tale of woe. Much of the media... <laughs> tale of woe? <laughs> I know. Woe oh to you. Woe God. to you. Much of the media can hardly resist glomming onto the extremes to further an agenda that denigrates Christians. What is surprising is how poorly made this doc is. Not only does it lack a cohesive and compelling narrative, but it attempts to throw any sort of anti-Christian spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, <laughs> oh and it's... And you know what? We, t- we had a off-mic conversation about this as it pertains to a friend of mine and another uh, with a famous person who was strange in an email to this person and how it said more about them than it did to the friend. This reminds me of that. Uh, the film opens on Jeffrey McCall, a former transsexual, they use that word, Darren, who had a powerful encounter with God and is now transformed by the gospel. The camera follows him on the streets of Georgia, offering prayer to strangers. It's clear the director capitalized on McCall's lilting and effeminate Southern accent in, a t- in an attempt to discredit him. Oh, those Bible Belt rubes and Wait, their quaint what? coming to Christ stories. But the focus on McCall is an odd choice. And as we've seen later, seems like a story from another film that somehow got mixed up in the editing room and mistakenly attached to this one. So the... the Look who's showing their ass in this article. Isn't that so funny? This is literally how he speaks. <laughs> so crazy. The person writing this too oh identifies as ex-gay themselves and that's a big wow. part of their whole yeah. brand uh, but still it's so odd where it's like well clearly they're making they fun of this a really weird one yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like wait yep. <laughs> he is pro so I, oh my god Ew, that's like, it's not shiny enough rough. maybe maybe there's like a little bit of uh it should have been me underneath <laughs> underneath some of this <laughs> yeah. criticism like well, i, I present so better, better than that yeah carry around my science poster <laughs> and they do yeah uh you know uh the holy, holy sexuality, not heterosexuality. Uh, pray away meanders, blah, 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 blah. Mischaracterizing the Christian life is a favorite pastime of Hollywood, as I know from experience. Wow. So this first I just, I just love when people just say, oh, Hollywood. As yeah, if like, like, there's one word called Hollywood yeah. <laughs> that makes movies. <laughs> I would take a $100 bet that Christine, Christine Stolakis does not live in Los Angeles. Yeah. I take money on that. <laughs> she does it's, not. It's produced by Ryan Murphy and Jason Blum from Blumhouse and has name recognition. I'm sure that means they watched a cut, wrote a check, but it's not their movie. It's not It's not from the maker of American Ryan Horror Ryan Murphy Story. is Hollywood, though. We have to admit it. He is Hollywood. <laughs> he is Hollywood. Uh, yeah, Christine started working so on this nuts. like three or four years ago, which is when I first heard about Whoa. it. I did a bunch of interviews with her. Oh, you kind did. of like because as a part of this film, yeah, as for this, as she was kind of shaping for, it, yeah, and because yeah. I got connected, and then I knew Julie, and I knew they knew they were going to highlight Julie's story, mm. and since I was there for part of it, I, they used me as fact checking and things like that. Oh, okay, so this was actually done, you know, four years ago by um, Christine and her team, like, and it was supposed to come out last year at uh, Tribeca, and oh. then COVID, so it actually got pushed. To this year, so okay. it even has some. Anyways, some for the is, nerds yeah. that want to know that, yeah, it's it's just all it. five of you. <laughs> Anytime there's like conservative narratives around quote unquote Hollywood, like like the whole cuties nonsense last year, which is Netflix is run by pedophiles. This is a pedophile movie. It's like they bought a movie from a French lady, and it was yeah. like not. <laughs> they came in so late in the game. No, and like so many people in Hollywood are very conservative, anyway. Yeah, so I was I like, what you're talking and, like, about? Netflix's yeah. whole thing is just like buying other people's stuff and then branding it under their yeah. own. You know? Yeah. But um, eagle-eyed viewers of the documentary, 
with that in mind, might have spotted a certain young Mr. McKenna as Aww. a still image in the documentary. That's at one you? Point. That's on me. The hour 20 oh mark. God. On the left, you can you see. So, your face looks different. Yeah. I mean, your smile is the same. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because you're thriving. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, that's the not um, to wow. not to comment too much on like the importance of aesthetics, but with John Polk, his footage from his glow up the nineties <laughs> oh and when he's advocating for these I didn't practices, realize it was the same man like many times. Yes. The uh-huh. director interviews him in the present day and he is like Blush. just like yeah. he just seems comfortable <laughs> and yes. just like the vibes are immaculate yeah. with modern yes. day, present day yes. John Paul. There tends to be a glow up when people come out. Yeah, yeah. Including come out of ex-gay shit. Insanely mm-hmm. better. Um, <laughs> not that aesthetics matter, but I think it is. The other thing I thought was really telling and lovely about this documentary was for how many of them, um, Julie included, were still part of the church and like mm. still had a faith. And, and to me, I, I love that too because it highlights that like it wasn't their own belief in God that was like the issue at hand here, you know? And it's not Christianity that's the issue at hand. It's this harmful belief around it. And you can remove that, you know, and a lot of people don't want it anymore, but a lot of people can still find a beautiful and like full relationship with God. And I thought that was like wonderful to see too. And for this critic, you know, I feel like that's if you were looking to be baited into thinking like, oh, well, this is a hate, this hates Christians. And it just shows how everyone like leaves Christianity and gets better. It's like, no, many of them stayed within the faith and are like- Including Julie. Including Julie, yes. The main person they're following. Gosh, yeah. Who had maybe the hardest run of it all, you know, and- And to me, that says a lot, too, about, like, um, faith operating in so many spaces and how your sexuality can, like, be built into it in a beautiful way. It doesn't take away. Yeah. 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 And Julie, uh, the director goes out of her way to have a scene with Julie where she's talking in in the round in that circle of people. Mm. And she specifically says it's it's a strange contradiction to find so much comfort in Jesus and to be— so hurt by so many Christians, but that yeah. is the case. And, and we have to like reconcile yeah. mm-hmm. uh, what feels like conflicted feelings, but maybe yeah. they're not actually conflicted. And yes, if this was a drive-by stomping like this writer yeah, like is cheap shot at Christianity, yeah. it's like, no. <laughs> take that out. Yeah. It's, it's an easy, it's an easy narrative. Anything else we want to say about this documentary before we rate it? <laughs> Which feels weird to do. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know how this works, Dan. We're going to give it a holy roast or holy toast. Holy toast, that's the heaven one. Heaven holy roast, that's, uh, you know. Or purgatory. The space between. 198 episodes in, and those drops are still <laughs> rocking. Caroline. Um, it's holy toast. Uh, I. I I wish that there had been more history on how... Sorry. City lights, lights, excuse me. (laughs) They are always shining. Um, (laughs) But a little more history of how uh, Exodus was formed, out of what, you know, a little bit more like just chronology and like a history lesson on that thing. But I think they wanted to make more space for these great interviews that they got. So I understand it. But um, I think that uh, it was amazing, obviously. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, it was difficult, but ultimately um, very inspiring to see how these people were able to uh, put away something that was uh, their whole world and a big part of their life and their um, identity and how they were able to to 
figure it out and like mm-hmm. pull their life back together. So an inspiring movie in some ways too. So yeah. that's for me. All right, we turn it to Darren. I would also have to give it a holy toast. Disclaimer, I do know the director and a lot of people Bi- in there. Typical Hollywood uh, bias Yeah, right typical here. Hollywood. Like Every time you bias. stream it on Pray, a Pray Away on Netflix, Darren gets $400. <laughs> yeah, so think about that. I get zero. Um, no, I, I really do give it a toast because you, you mentioned a lot of like mainstream movies. All of them are kind of in the abstract narrative, even though they're about real people's lives. This is kind of the first big kind of look at the machine that created it all. And uh, I love how Christine decided to tell it in the form of stories. It was a very human interest piece, but also trying to help expose the machine behind it all. And I appreciate that because that's a perspective that we haven't seen at this mainstream level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Holy toast for me. The piece that it reminded me the most was the Going Clear documentary from about eight years ago which was a two-part, maybe it was a six-hour, four-hour documentary on HBO. And it was about Scientology and it's based on the book Going Clear. But the one of the most effective things that they did in that documentary was all the interview subjects were ex-Scientology members. So they weren't just, hey, I heard it was bad. Sounds bad. I don't know. <laughs> like it was people who had firsthand account of that. But what was interesting about this movie in contrast is kind of messing with your expectations of the narrative by including people like Jeffrey and even including uh, people like Yvette, who, uh, Yvette Cantu, who you're like, wait, is she, uh, what's her belief system, which like slowly unravels over the course of the documentary mm-hmm. in a way that's affected. I agree with Caroline. I could have used a little more length. Uh, don't make that a drop, listener. <laughs> <laughs> You're in charge, Kevin. Hey, no. <laughs> Come on. Wait. I'm going to cut that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is a very effective hour 50 documentary on Netflix. I think it could have been a very effective four-part docuseries yeah. on Hulu or Maybe someone. Or I hope Max. someone yeah. will do more on this because there's obviously so much yeah, more yeah. to talk about and investigate and lots of journalism you could do. But but I think the stories focusing on them was smart because I think that's the most uh, effective way to change people's minds. Yeah, when you see right. the real harm that it caused real people, you know, it gets out of the theoretical and out of like the biblical text or whatever. Right. It's hard to dispute. Yeah. yeah. So, listener, now it's up to you. Rate this documentary. Go to at Christian Fun Pod. Give it a rest of your toast yourself. Get out there and... Pokemon, go to the We polls. know if you roast. Guess what? It shows us who it is. <laughs> it, it emails us a list. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you know what? As we dim the lights in here and light the candles, we have an announcement here on GCF. Dexter is stepping down as producer of this show. Aww. We have a new producer on the show. That's right. As of last week's episode, but we weren't sure. Uh, but now we can announce it for sure. Emma Erdbrink has joined the GCF team. Ooh, the great she's Emma. Going to be, you may know her from Doughboys or her work on High and Mighty. She's a super producer. She's so great, and we love her. And she's going to be cleaning up the mess of our episodes now <laughs> in editing and otherwise. So thank you, Emma. Give her a shout out, and we love you. And thank you for for some reason uh, agreeing to do this. Yes. I don't know why you did. And thank you, Emma, because now Kevin and I are peers as far as workload goes with this podcast I now. still do the second service once. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but who's going to post those tweets? <laughs> <laughs> Got you. It's 
really hard. Oh, <laughs> no, we love Emma. Sorry, Dexter, you had a good run as producer, but now, now your watch is in. He can go to the great big field in the whoa, sky. Whoa, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> what happens when you stop being a producer? I miss you, buddy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Darren, we're not here to plug ourselves or our projects. We're here to lift them up, including things that we're enjoying in secular culture. And we'll start with Caroline. Lift me up at Caroline's Fart. And uh, this week, I want to lift up a show that I loved first season. The second season two is out. It's the other two. It's amazing. Hashtag Chase Dreams. Uh, it's super, super funny and uh, very much recommend it. It's on HBO Max now. You can watch both seasons there. So go enjoy it. Was it was a hard show to watch before because uh, it was on Comedy Central. Yeah. Which is famously <laughs> yeah, I, the hardest network it. to yeah, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> to watch a show from. Yeah. That stars Drew Ch- Tarver, who yes. has a lot of experience in the church himself. You can hear him talking about Mark Lowry on an episode of Lost <laughs> Culturistas from oh like God. three years ago. Yes. Uh, it's very good. We turn to Darren. Uh, you can find me on socials uh, at Darren McKenna on Twitter or Instagram. On Instagram, you'll see a really cute pic of me in a romper. <gasps> oh! Baby's first romper. A treat. Very excited. Oh, gosh. Um, but besides that, I would like to uplift a show that I'm late on. I watched the first season, and the first season only so far, of Why Women Kill oh, on is that Paramount good? Plus. Oh, and yeah. I, it had me in ways that Ooh. I did not know I wanted to be had. And Is that the season with Lucy Liu yes. and Jennifer Goodwin? Yes. Okay, yeah, I need to watch I, I, have, I can't start the second season because I'm still living with the first season. <laughs> I, I wow. truly, That's how the, the impact The last had. episode, I literally, <laughs> my boyfriend watched me watch it. He was doing something else. And I, he was like, you're crying, but then you're laughing. <laughs> and he screamed twice. And then him and I binged the first season the next weekend. Oh, great. Okay, so, cool. I'm going to check that out. It's on out. Paramount Plus. Okay. Paramount Plus heads, get at it. I have it. You do? Yeah, bitch. Wait, you didn't? <laughs> you got it yourself? Yeah, I have my own independent means. Wait, what do you watch on Paramount Plus? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> RuPaul is on there. I think Detroiters is on there. Oh, yeah, I watch Detroiters on there. Yeah. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere uh, and at OnlyFans.com slash Kevin T. Porter. <laughs> and I will lift up. I finally will, see those feet. Could uh, use some listen, more <laughs> I have one post up. Uh, Do you actually? No. Oh, God, I'm going to have to look up Kevin's OnlyFans. God damn it. <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, I want to lift up. I'm going to be a good friend. <laughs> I wouldn't say subscribe, but you can just look up to make sure that's real. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I saw a TV show that's my favorite TV show I've seen this year, which is a show called... $15 per month? Hey, most people are 30. Most people are 30 on there. Most people are showing whole hog on here. Well, maybe I'm building up to Damn, 15? Why? That's fine. That's a Netflix subscription. I'm not subscribing. Most most people are 20 or 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to go in on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll share some subscribers. A triad of OnlyFans account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, free subscribers. Listen, I, I'm undercharging for what you're getting. What are you doing on here? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I can't believe I'm about to pay for there's this. There's only one way to you find out. You won't show me. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so mad. Also. <laughs> These pictures. That's <laughs> <laughs> your profile. Yeah, those are some very nice 35 millimeter photos that my friend Sila shot of me. Uh, school day, school picture day. Oh my God. The TV show is going to lift up is a show called The Chair, starring Sandra O. Oh. It's so good. It takes place in academia world. Uh, it's so excellent. It made me feel awesome watching it. 
Very funny. Sandra O. Oh, uh, one of the D- Duplass brothers. I forget which one. It's either Mark or Jay. And Bob Balaban and frickin' Holland Taylor. And it's produced by Weiss and Benioff from Game of Thrones. And I'll say, it's their best TV show. Wow. Better than the other one. And his uh-huh. wife, Amanda Peet, wrote it and created it. When they won the Emmys for Game of Thrones, he said, I'd like to thank my wife, Amanda Peet. <laughs> It's so funny to like thank your wife by her first and last name. <laughs> yeah, I know. My wife Amanda. I'd like to like if Nathan said I'd like to thank my wife Caroline Ely. <laughs> that'd like, be weird. You got a name drop. Look <laughs> <laughs> at that. And it's only six episodes, thirty minutes long. Everyone should watch that show. So funny. I was lolling, man, by myself. It's good. Uh, you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com slash good Christian fun for more good Christian fun. Or if you don't want to subscribe to that, there's another You guys, please Christian. subscribe to Patreon so that Kevin doesn't have an OnlyFans anymore. Like, get Kevin's bacons. Subscribe to Patreon. It's Kevin's bacon. It's one bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Bacon. Try to support him. Just like send him a PayPal. Like this okay. is this is hard. Like as his friend, you know, I'm like I gotta look out for him. Like, do you know? Can we find another job or something? They won the poll by sixty nine percent. Oh, the poll. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have to respect the poll. I voted. I, I know something about voting? respecting the poll. Did you vote yes poll? for OnlyFans? Darren, you look sure in did. this man's face. Look at what you're responsible for. This you're welcome, is world. Shameful. He's wearing a crew neck sweater on OnlyFans. Oh my yeah. god. In the preview picture, Caroline. And oh, then you, man. you gotta unwrap that present. I'm gonna subscribe to this so that you know my friend Caroline has to see whatever I put on here. Oh no. I so to, I have to stand before that's really good. not only my Lord God Subs- and my friend Caroline. Subscribe to push notifications <laughs> yeah. so you can give oh, them I'm instant see it right feedback. Off the bat. Oh, no. That's right. You're going to know that. Man, I'm going to get into a whole new era yes, of body positivity. No, you're just going to make like a, a Finsta OnlyFans that I can't find. <laughs> oh, man. Darren, thank you so much for joining thank us you, on the Darren. show today, thank you sir. Thank you, a treat. Oh, boy. And there's nothing left to say except for an all of Pod's people said. Okay. Okay. I love, I love you. you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. What's a good... What's a good song to go out on on this episode? There's no Christian music in this. God's not dead. Okay. (laughs) All right. God's not dead. Oh. Okay. The homeschool edition. uh, I'm thinking of what you're dropping. Yeah. From Newsboys lead singer Michael Tate. Here comes God's not dead. Picking up what you're putting down. Here we go. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.